0: Christmas. I love Christmas. Christmas is an awesome time of year. It's, um, what excites you about Christmas? What makes you happy about Christmas? Christmas is such a a jovial time. And what do you remember about last Christmas? What, what excites you about this coming Christmas? You know, we had our, we, um, we looked after our grandkids and this is probably the most exciting part of my week, um, this week. We looked after our grandkids yesterday and, and, um, uh, Taylor and, and Lexi and uh, when they came, to, when their mum came to pick them up, we got talking about Christmas and about what the, the excitement of Christmas and what they're looking forward to and, and the presents and all that sort of stuff and, <clears throat> and what's, what sort of, what joy do they get out of Christmas and, and Taylor said this one thing, she said, you know what pa, she said, there's one thing that I remember from last Christmas I said, what's that, Taylor? I'm thinking, oh, you know, all the... Because she loves the fun and the the games that we play and all the excitement and the laughter. She said, I I remember when you prayed to Jesus. And we all said amen. Now, to me, that was the most exciting part of my week. Because if that's all she... that, That seed sown in her heart will grow and will grow and will grow. And if she remembers that more than the presents and the laughter, and the, which is all fantastic, don't get me wrong. But if she remembers the, the time we prayed to Jesus, hallelujah. So what excites you about Christmas? Hallelujah. Let's turn to our Bibles, if you've got them. Matthew chapter 2. And Krista, you could have preached my message this morning, really. You could have just kept on going and you would have said exactly what I wanted to say anyway. <laughs> but that's okay. Matthew chapter 2. And I want to read from verses one through to 12, tells a story of the wise men. And it talks about now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. But when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and and all Jerusalem, sorry, that's better, all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the governors of Judah. For out of you shall come a governor who shall rule my people Israel." Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, inquired of them exactly what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again so that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the child was." And seeing the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And opening their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way." One of Larry's favourite sayings, as you know, from Star Trek is, you know, to boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs> and it speaks, of, it speaks of, of venturing out. It speaks of going into this, this, this area, the, venturing into the unknown, but realising that God is still in control, realising that God still controls the unknown and that there's experiences and, and excitement and things that he wants you to enjoy that you haven't enjoyed before. The adventure, the promises, the promises, excitement and exhilaration and th- the thrilling the adventurous times. And, uh, but it's also very scary because you're, you're stepping out into the unknown. Yeah. Good. You know, our conduct is usually controlled by our expectations. Mm. And so when we expect something at the end, the end result, when we expect an end result, that controls how we react in the meantime to get that end result. It controls our actions. As an example, some of you young men out there, and I can say young because I passed that that phase of life probably last or year or the year before. Um, when you're trying to, to to win the heart of of your lady friend, the expectation is that one day you will walk hand in hand down the street and you'll be able to say, This is my have you met my girlfriend? This is my girlfriend, here's my girlfriend. And the expectation of being able to say that causes you to do stupid things. <laughs> like spend too much money. And before you know it, you're broke. You still do. <laughs> you still do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the child who expects pocket money, they'll get their pocket money, but only if they do certain things, only if they carry out certain tasks. And so do them. They, they, the, your, the, the expectation controls what you do on the journey. But what happens when you've been following that journey and, and, and the star and the idea that, 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 uh, in, in mind that you're going to come across something fantastic and it leads you to something spectacular? But instead, it leads you to something that's just humble and unassuming. What do you do when, after you've, you've dreamt about uh, finding this pot of gold at the end of a rainbow, you get rainbow, you get there, and all you see is this, this black, rusty old pot, empty, nothing in it. You know, people have said it's the journey, not the destination. And that's true. You know, enjoy the journey. It's about, it's about how we live today. It's about what we do today. It's about where we go and the things that we do today. And it is, the journey is exciting. But you know what? Without a destination, the journey is in vain. So the destination is so important. Get the destination right and the journey will be exciting. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. You see, his destination was already predetermined. And there was this, he knew the expectation, he knew what was where it was going to end up, he knew what the outcome was going to be. Because he had a destination, so the journey didn't matter at all. But what happens if we start out on a journey being starstruck? And the title of the message this morning is either Star Trek or Starstruck. Say that three times. Star Trek or (laughs) starstruck? All right, thanks. Starstruck means to be fascinated or greatly uh, impressed by famous people, feeling or showing great interest and admiration for famous people. I tell you, the most famous person is Jesus Christ. And we can become so starstruck. And when I say that, I'm talking about that in in a nice way. We want all the glamour and all the glitz and we want all the excitement, we want all the thrills. You know, we used to go to conferences, national conferences once a year. And we'd get there and we'd be in this big stadium and there would be thousands of people and we'd sit there and, and I'd look around and all the people, there were just throngs of people praising God and, and the excitement was there, it was palpable. People would stand and, and, their, and their hands would be raised in worship. The music would be so loud and thumping and, and people would be dancing and, and everybody would be excited about serving and worshipping God and, and that was so great and fantastic. But then we'd get back home to our home church. And I realised, you know what, it's not all holy wood, it's just holy. And sometimes we expect holy wood, we expect the, the glitz and the glamour, we expect all the excitement that comes from being in holy wood. And the, the wise men, they may have started out, you know, they may have started out being a bit starstruck. They they realised they were headed towards this king. They were coming to see this child who was born king. They're headed headed for the most logical place. And the Bible doesn't tell us this, but I would imagine in their mind, they're going to come and see this king. So what they're going to do is they're going to head out. And so they've headed out. And the the most logical place to go is to the palace, is to where the king is going to be. And so they probably would have gone towards there and and headed there with all this excitement in mind. And we're going to go and see the king. Maybe they were a little bit starstruck. We'll arrive at a palace and we'll see this, this golden, uh, this golden um, cot. And in this cot, there'll be this beautiful silk, uh, s- iron, s- um, freshly ironed uh, sheets, silk, satin sheets, and in there will be lying this baby Jesus. But the only king they found when they got there was Herod. And all of a sudden, it wasn't what they expected necessarily. So now What? Now, what do you do? The star that they've been follow, following all of a sudden stops and, 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 and stops over a peasant dwelling. Is this the really the place? Is this the place that I should be going? Is this where I'm meant to be? Surely this could. My, our expectations were so high. And here we are, Just we've we entered this place and it's just a, a humble dwelling and here's this teenage girl and she's got this little baby wrapped in probably dirty clothing and holding in her arms. Is this where we're meant to be? So how do you react when you follow the star? How do you react when you start your journey? How do you react when you start on the Star Trek you start out starstruck and you, you want all the glitz and the glamour and you arrive there and it's not what you thought it would be. And so often we, we, we serve God and we think, oh, God, I want all the good things. I want all the excitement. I want all the joy. I want all the, the power. I want all the, the miracles. I want to see all the, 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 the good things. We get caught up in this Hollywood and we realise it. And we say, I want a part of this. And when it doesn't happen, we, what do we do? What do we do? What do you do when you get there and it's not what you thought it would be? Well, the first thing you do is you re- rejoice with exceeding great joy. Amen. And the first thing the wise men did was they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They didn't rejoice with exceeding great happiness. Because happiness would have suggested that they got, actually got what they expected, that they actually found what they expected to find. They would have been happy with that, but they received joy. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Not just joy, but exceeding great joy. We gauge happiness on, on what we get in life. We gauge happiness if we arrive at, at the place and our expectation. We, we gauge happiness if I, if I get what I want for Christmas, then I'm happy. If, you know, if I put out the feelers there and I put out, I write little notes all over the place and, and they, people take the hint and they, they buy me what, I've wanted, what I want, then I'm happy. But, oh, there's, it's more than that. Joy is something that's on the inside. Joy is something that comes from within and regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the outcome, regardless of where you find yourself. You know, Matthew 28 And eight, and it talks about the it talks about Mary Magdalene and the other Mary when they came to the tomb of Jesus, spoke to the the angels, and the Bible says that they departed from there. And as they parted the the Bible says they, they left and they quickly departed from the tomb with fear and great joy. That sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? They departed there with fear and great joy. Let me say this: you won't get happiness if you're fearful. But they departed there with fear and great joy because joy comes from within. It's not about finding something that you expect. They they expected to find Jesus lying in the tomb. But they didn't find him there and so they weren't weren't happy. They actually had great joy because they knew that something better had happened. You know, if your shining star, if that star that you've been following causes you to leap for joy, Despite the outcome, embrace it. Embrace it. And, you know, we've gone through some horrific times uh, over the last two years and we talk about it all the time and I'm sick of talking about it. But, you know, it's, it's there. It's in our face all the time and the pandemic and all the restrictions and all that sort of stuff. It's all, it's all there. But what are you, how, are you gonna, how, how do you cope with that? How do you react with that? How do you, you relate to that? Do you, do you look at it with fear or with great joy? Get off your high horse. Come down to earth. Come down to earth and realize that that, that, that it's all about God. It's it's not about you. It's not about your expectations. And after they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, the Bible says they entered the house and they fell down on their face and worshipped God. They worshipped God. Oh, but that's not what we expected. We didn't expect to find this this baby in a, in a in a dirty old stable with a smell in a smelly stable and in this manger. No, they didn't. They didn't talk about that. They didn't say that. They actually fell down and began to worship God. Wise men always believe that their God is somewhere in the situation. And you know what? I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what we've been through. God is always somewhere in the situation. All you've got to do is search him and find him. Yes. 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 Oh, but I've gone, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've lost. You don't know what I've had to put up with. You don't know what I've had to cope with. You don't know what come my way. I don't care because if you look hard enough, you'll find God somewhere in the situation. Yes. Whether that wise person happens to be Joseph in prison or whether it happens to be Moses in the desert, whether it happens to be Job on the ash heap, whether it happens to be um, David in the wilderness. It might even be Daniel in the lion's den or Paul in prison. Look for God's fingerprints. Look for God's, because you know what? All you need is the finger of God. And if God's there, rejoice in that. Look for God in the circumstance and begin to worship. The difference between a weak Christian and a strong Christian is exactly there. It's right there. We Christians only see God in the good and the grand and the excitement and and the powerful and the wonderful. As long as there's all the great glamour and all the glitz, and as long as there's there's something happening, and as long as I see miracles, as long as I see people raised from the dead, as long as I see the lame walk, as long as I see all the good things, then I know God's around. But the mature believer, the mature Christian, we talked about maturity yesterday at the men's fellowship. But the mature Christian sees God in the bad, and the ugly, and the mundane the stuff that doesn't look as good. They still see God right in the middle of all of that. Hallelujah. You know, our worship is not predicated upon, look what the Lord has done. But I see the Lord. He is high and lifted up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And full of joy in their heart, full of excitement and worship, the Bible says that they offer their very best. They came and, you know, when they, when they found something humble, they came and they brought and they offered their gold and their frankincense and myrrh. I can imagine if that was you or I, would we have thought, you know what, I've come all this way. I brought the best that I have, gold, frankincense and myrrh. If I had known that I was going to end up in the place that I ended up, I might have just gone to, to Thailand and bought one of those cheap versions of, the, of myrrh or frankincense. I might have just offered him a bit of brass rather than gold. I might have just come with something less than what I, what I started out with. If I'd known where I was going to go. But no, they didn't say that. They came and regardless of where they were, they gave God their all. And you know what? God expects us regardless of who we are and what we have. He expects us to give our all. I don't care whether it be $2 or $2,000. All God asks of you is come and commit yourself completely. Give all, regardless of what you find, regardless of what you see, regardless of your expectations. Come and give everything to God. Sometimes we can be tempted to hold back because God's not moving. Well, when God starts to move, I'll pay more tithes. (laughs) When I see more miracles, I'll actually give some offering. You know, when I begin to see the church start to do something in the community, then I will give money to help out. Oh, we start to to say, well, I'll I'll hold back until I see something happen. But that's not what it's about. It's about giving our God our all. You know, I've been a pastor of a church for quite a while, not here, but before. and, And often I'd speak to people and they'd say, well, you know, when I, when I see the church start to do something good, then I'll start paying tithes. And I say, well, it's not your, it's not your choice. The tithe doesn't belong to you, it belongs to God. Amen. And regardless of what the church does with it, that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to give. Amen. Don't wait for the glitz. Don't wait for the glamour. Don't wait for the excitement. Just do your part and God will do his part. Hallelujah. But the last part of, there was four things, and the last part of what, they, what these wise men did is probably the most important part. They experienced a change of direction in their life. They went back another way. They went back a different way. And you know what? When you come and you come, regardless of what you expect, regardless of whether you are star-struck, or whether you're just on a star on a star Trek, regardless of what happens when you get to this place, when you get to the destination that you're going to be, and you begin to see and realize and and and, and bow down and worship and, and begin to come in with enter with joy and, and give of your of everything that you've got, your life will be changed, and your your life will be your whole direction. Your life will turn around. You won't go back the same way you came. You won't be the same person you were. Your thoughts will be different. Your actions will be different. The, your, whole, your whole personality will be different because your attitude is different. You have, you're, no, you're no longer star, star struck. Now you, you understand that, that, you know what, God is God regardless. So, where do you stand this morning? Are you looking for holy wood or are you looking for holy? that which is holy, because it's not about. And as we finish this morning, you know, during this Christmas season, we need to have a, a, a fresh revelation of, of, what, of what God does and what God did for us, a fresh revelation. You know what? Without Easter is a fantastic time. The cross, Calvary is awesome. We 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 can't we you know without the without resurrection we would be we would be hopeless and we would be nothing and we would be moanful and whing and carrying on. But without the birth of Christ, we wouldn't have Calvary. And so this is the most important time of the year. That as we come and you know Give us this fresh revelation, God. Give us give me this fresh revelation of, of what it's all about. You know, Simeon and Anna, they clung to this hope that through, through all their anxious days until finally they could say, you know, my eyes have beheld the glory of the Lord, the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. The lowly shepherds receive this angelic visitation and, and, and are invited to come and, and head off and see this baby in a manger who will be crowned King of the Jews. Hallelujah. And when the wise men follow their star, they arrive at a destination that, says, that sees Jesus, the Lord of glory, King of kings. So go ahead, follow your star. Determine that you're not gonna be starstruck. Determine that you're gonna, you're gonna head off to where the King of kings is. And regardless of what you find when you get there, it's gonna awaken joy in your heart. It's going to cause you to worship. It's going to cause you to bow down and give your all. And by doing so, it will change the direction of your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.